This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. Uh, Got an interesting one for you today. Uh, my guest today is Shannon Newspangler, who is a pastor and chaplain at a hospital. Um, and as you can imagine, over the last two years, she has seen some shit. And uh, we talked to her about that and uh, just how she kind of keeps herself together. She's also a parent of two boys. And we talk about how she has talked about coronavirus with her kids. So before we get into that, you know what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that you please, wherever you're watching or listening to this, uh, hit subscribe. Give a give a thumbs up. Give a like. Give a five stars. And then share it with someone. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. It's it's nothing to you. It takes you one second. I'm just begging now. So before I get off on a tangent here, let... Uh, oh, wait. You know what? There's one more thing I want to talk about. <laughs> the interview kind of splices at the end. I wrap it up, but then we come back because Shannon wanted to clarify something she had said. Uh, so stick around to the very end. I really appreciate it. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. And today I am with my guest, Shannon Newspangler, at Newspangler who is a pastor and hospital chaplain. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, a little bit about you. I'm going to talk for you here. This is your bio. Uh, mother of two boys, seven and five. Just found out five. Um, and and when, I, when you and I were kind of starting to converse, I asked you what you were passionate about. And uh, you gave me this great, succinct answer. So I'm going to read it here. I'm passionate about grace and parenting. Let every, every single person know they are loved and vaccines. I work in a hospital, so I'm seeing all the crap up close. <laughs> and it starts off like really sweet, but then it's like, I'm also really tired of this shit. <laughs> yep, yep, that's exactly right. Okay, so uh, look, uh, pastor and hospital chaplain, you uh, you definitely bring a, a unique perspective to this. Um, what have the last two years been like for you? Um. <clears throat> So I came into chaplaincy in the height of the pandemic in 2020. Um, I've, I've been there a little over a year and a half. And so I came into the hospital when it was still relatively new. There was no vaccine and um, it was just everywhere. And so um, that's all I've known of chaplaincy before I was a chaplain. I was a senior pastor and it's a very different kind of ministry. Um, and the hospital is and has been for the last year and a half constantly busy, half of the time we're on diversion, um, and just people constantly, like as soon as a room gets empty, another person's in there. And a lot of it is COVID, but but COVID has also um, hindered everything else because normal people we would have in the hospital would kind of have to turn away because they're not as sick. So it's it's been intense and chaotic and really, really hard, really sad, tragic, really. 
and, and I apologize. I'm asking a dumb question. What is diversion? You've been on diversion. Oh, you said that's a good question. Sorry, when you're no. in the you know any career you're in, you have lingo. Lingo, yeah, um, absolutely. So diversion means um, when a hospital goes on diversion, it means we can't take any new patients, so we have to divert them to other hospitals. Okay. And the problem is when you're in a pandemic many hospitals are on diversion <laughs> and so you're sort of in a situation you're where you're like sometimes the closest hospital with no diversion is in a different state and so you're like can we send a patient over to illinois can we send a patient that far and um so it really just means the hospital's full we can't take any more patients the the strain on on healthcare workers um is uh <sighs> It's overwhelming to even listen to and hear that there's not enough hospital beds. Right. Um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share one of your tweets here, which I'm going to say went viral. There's quite a few thousand likes and retweets. Um, and, and here it is here. This is from November 13th. Um, thinking back through the last six days, I've literally watched nine plus or nine COVID uh, death people take their last breaths, all unvaccinated. Families heartbroken and wondering why. Unvaccinated. I'm out of words for people who are unwilling to get a statistically tremendously safe vaccine. Um, obviously, you were at kind of a breaking point there. And I, there's a long email chain or a long uh, thread associated with that. Um, yeah. Was that was that your worst week? Um. I'm not sure that I would say it was my worst week. I'm not sure how I'd even um, quantify a worst That's fair. week. Yeah. But I, I kind of go through, what I would say is I go through ups and downs. So I go through moments where I'm really like sad and down about it. And then I go through moments where I'm really angry about it. And that was a week that I was really angry about it because I'd just gotten home when I wrote that thread. I'd just gotten home from being on call and being present for um so one of the things chaplains do is um the the hospital calls us to be present with the family um to be emotionally supportive or spiritually supported if they're spiritual um because chaplains do a lot more than just than last just rights. <laughs> yeah we do i think that's what people that. associate with it right it's like they oh do. chaplain we yeah. do um, so we get called into we get called into all sorts of stuff but we get called into a lot of the deaths and so like and if may I be graphic about? Of course. Okay. So what happens is we get called into these rooms where they have. There's been a patient who's been sick for a long time. Um, they've been intubated for several weeks, and it's basically at the point where they're like, "This person cannot continue to live," and so the family has to decide. Okay, we're going to extubate. So chaplains get called in to be present for the extubation. Mm -hmm. And so basically what happens is we're taking away that person's ability to breathe. And I, it sounds cruel, but like, it's basically like their life is already over. Yeah. And, um, and they're giving them a way to be comfortable. So when they do that, they give them medicines to, for anxiety and medicines for pain so that they can basically die in comfort because that's the way it's going anyway. Mm -hmm. And so chaplains come into that and have to be present with the family while they're making while they've made this terrible decision and then basically have to watch their loved one die. And um, that week, I mean, we deal with this 
on a daily basis, but there are more there are more chaplains. So I'm not the only one dealing with it. But this particular week, um, I had <laughs> I had been in nine situations like that within six days. And it's just it's painful. And like every family member or every family responds a little bit differently, but you've got the really sad people who are sobbing. You've got people who are like wailing and crying and angry and like throwing themselves on the person who has died. And watching that is heartbreaking and painful, but it's also like all of those people were unvaccinated. And so there's also a part of me that is just angry. Like this didn't have to happen. This person did not have to die this way. And not saying that nobody dies of COVID who's vaccinated, obviously they do, but statistically the numbers are so different. Mm -hmm. And I was just angry. And I, I like, if you look through my Twitter thread, I kind of go back and forth and like every month or so, I post a really angry rant about COVID or non-vaccinated people because like, why, why are they doing this? So, and, and sorry, that was a long rant, but that's kind of where I was at. No, and it, it, it's, there was a moment there when we were talking, um, you, you look like you're tearing up potentially because it's, it clearly takes a lot out of you. Um, yeah. And, and I couldn't help but think back to, um, like, uh, thankfully, I haven't had anyone close to me die during COVID. Um, but um, when we decided to take my father-in-law off of life support, I loved him very much. Um, and so uh, it's, it's okay. But we we were there for that moment. Yeah. Um, and and when we were coming to that conclusion um, that we, we were going to take him off life support, I'll never forget the, the words the doctor said to me, which is, are we we prolonging a life or extending a death mm, it was profound yeah. and it helped us make the decision it's time um and it's a it's it's something that stuck with me all all throughout the years um and it's that moment where you go this is gonna suck but this is something we need to do um and it's it's the right thing to do. At least we assume it's the right thing to do. None of us really know, but we assume it's the right thing to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've never heard it put that way, but I I love that. I yeah. probably steal that because it's really it. that is exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's a it's a gut wrenching moment. Um, yeah. Are the the people who are angry? Um, are they angry at the situation? Are they angry at the doctors? Are they? Anyone, is it angry Do you mean at... like families and stuff? Yeah. So. Uh, I'm not talking about Twitter. Twitter's full of crazy people. You can't count oh, that. Oh my gosh, so much. So much crazy and anger. Um, so the families we encounter that are angry, for the most part, and I'm not going to say across the board, but for mm -hmm. the most part, are angry at the staff for not doing enough and at, um, for instance, we have like limits on how many people can come and visit in the yep. hospital yep. Um, right now. And they're angry that they can't bring in like eight, 10 people to see this person who has COVID. Meanwhile, most of them have COVID. So <laughs> a lot of the anger we're dealing with is families who, who are angry that they're being told no. Told no. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, like th the people who 
like because the families that we deal with most often that are angry and the families we have to get security involved in um, are families who are that situation, like where they're trying to bring in and in some cases sneak in because we've told them no, multiple family members to a room where there's active COVID and they just like, it's like they don't get it. But also they're like, they've not been vaccinated. They choose not to wear masks. And again, this is generalizations. I totally understand. Um, and then they come into the hospital and they're like, you're, you have to do more. And we're like, there's nothing more we can do. What could have been done is you could have gotten a vaccine, which is in that Twitter thread. Like yeah. they'll, they'll say, you have to do more. You have to give them more medicine. Well, there's no medicine at this point. You could have taken the medicine and you chose not to. No. And so like that, like that's the anger we're dealing with is people who are mad at us for not doing more. And we're like, what more can we do? You could have done something. And, or they're mad because we won't let every Tom, Dick and Harry into the room and children under 18 are not allowed in. So they'll try to like sneak in kids. And we're like, there's a reason, like we're trying to protect people. We're not trying to be mean. We're, we're trying, trying to protect, protect your other relatives from ending up here. We're trying yes. to end up so you're not back here in a week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and And that's the thing, like, that's something that, that I wish people knew, like we, every day we have multiple family members in the hospital. Like it's not ever just like grandma. It's like grandma and grandpa are both in the hospital or like um, mom and dad are both in the hospital or son and dad. And like, that's painful. Cause you're going back and forth between two rooms, recognizing that this family might lose two or more members in the same week. And that has happened. And it is, heartbreaking so i have this like i sit in this space of being like simultaneously heartbroken and pained at the at the loss that these families are going through and just angry that they have not done what they should have done or could have done to protect themselves and that's a constant tension for me <laughs> it's really hard to live in but that's where so i'm at let me, how do you then um, keep yourself collected? You're obviously in a, in a very, you, you're in an extremely unique position. Yeah. Um, you are, you're not a doctor. You're not there to provide medical advice or support. You're there for kind of emotional support, hand on the shoulder, if touching is allowed, uh, you know, maybe say a prayer if, if that's necessary. Um, and at the end of the day, you have, spent all of your energy on other people. How do you go home? How does Shannon take care of herself and kind of reset herself? Yeah, that's a really important question. Um, I, there are sometimes I'm not good at it. I just need to admit that sometimes I whiskey? come home. I bet and... it's whiskey. <laughs> you know what? I can't, I can't drink whiskey. It makes me cough. It like tries okay. to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, I, like that it's such a good question because like how are the caretakers taking care of themselves yeah. um and sometimes i do an okay job of it i have a counselor um i have a group of um seminary friends who um we all went to seminary which is grad school for pastors um together and we're all in ministry in different capacities so i'll text them and be like oh my gosh i can't believe you know like i'm so angry today and they kind of help process the other chaplains and I process together a lot. And then frequently, and I would say a couple times a week, I cry all the way home. 
because I'm very, like, I'm a very emotional, like, that's just who I am. Like, I, when I'm angry, I cry. When I'm sad, I cry. It's who I am. And so I'll cry all the way home. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm not even joking. Me too. It's super embarrassing. It's one of the least manly things about me. I cry everything. But yes, so I'm the same way. It's, It's how your body is processing all that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then, you know, sometimes I can come home and like, it's such a joy to come home and see my boys because they're just bright and delightful and funny. And they're at a really fun age, you know, lots of fart jokes and those kind of things. (laughs) Um, And then sometimes I come home and I'm not a very patient mom. And I, I will admit that, like, that is the fact of working in healthcare. Like you try to balance it and sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So mom gets home. She's had a long day. Sometimes she's telling the kids, I, not today. Nope. Don't fight today. I will yeah. murder you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I will send you back to the hospital. I just left. Um, <laughs> I, I get it. Uh, how have you talked to your kids about uh, a COVID? Because you and I were talking and I, I said, you know, in our house, I have a six and two and we've referred to it as the virus. We yeah. haven't called it COVID necessarily. I think we've come out a little bit, but we said people have the virus. We're afraid of the virus. And that's kind of the word we use. How are you talking yeah. about it with your kids? Yeah, we, um, I mean, they know what the word COVID means. And really my youngest one, that's been his entire life, like all that yeah. he remembers. And I'm sure that's true for yours too. Yeah, um, two years old. We, he doesn't know what a mall is. Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we call it the sickness. Okay. Um, so kind of the same as you. Yeah. We call it the sickness most of the time. They do know the word COVID, but like we don't use that a lot. So um, when somebody we know has it, we'll say they have the sickness, so we can't go and be with them. Right. Or and they know that mommy deals with the sickness a lot at work, and so like I'll come home, and you know of course they want to like run and hug me, and I want to run and hug them, but I have to like strip down and take a shower first, mm-hmm. um, especially if I've been in COVID rooms all day. Um, and so we, we talk about it as a sickness. They understand it. They, um, and when now, um, my oldest one got vaccinated in the fall, my youngest one has his first vaccine cause he just turned five. Nice. Um, and so when we talked about that, um, they, no kids like shots, nobody likes shots. Right. Um, and so we said, except those weirdos with tattoos. Oh, I, I'm a weirdo with a tattoo. Weirdo. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. 
You were making a so, point. <laughs> I'm making a point. So we said, um, we said, you know, shots are, they'll hurt for a minute, but we do this because we want to protect you. We want to protect grandma and grandpa who are, you know, caregivers. They watch, watch them frequently because um, they live real close and we want to protect people. So one of the things in our household is we, we talk about our impact on other people, mm -hmm. which I think is one of the things during COVID that has that has kind of separated people is we don't always do things just for ourselves. We do things because it will help other people too. So we wear masks and we are, we're all vaccinated now. And um, so that's, that's how we talk to them about it. So then when it came to time to get vaccinated, like my oldest son, when he got vaccinated, he was excited and he was like, I'm going to do my part. And, you know, and that's the difference is like, some people will be like, well, I'm not going to get my son vaccinated. They hate shots. Well, like, Lord, everybody hates shots. Yeah. Like, it's it matters how you talk to your children. My and so then six-year-old bent a needle because they went to <laughs> stick it in and he jerked his arm and it bent the needle and they had to do it again. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I was oh, like, that's gosh. what you get from moving. <laughs> that's what you get. Oh, my gosh. That sounds horrific. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun, especially with all the people looking at us at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So, 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 so the kids understand. I, I guess my last question is: Have you had COVID? Have I you? Have. You have. And what was your yeah. like? Did you get it early on, or was it more recently with the Omicron and? Uh, it was in between, sort of. Okay. Um, so I'd been vaccinated. I got vaccinated super early because I work in the hospital. I got right. vaccinated December of 2020. Okay. And then like the second one was in January. So it had been months. My kids had been like my oldest son did kindergarten remotely. So last year he was at home all year. We were kind of all at home, yeah. you know. And um, then... <laughs> He went to school. So my oldest is Judah. He went to first grade and four days later he got COVID <laughs> because there's no mask mandate. There's no social distancing at the school. Oh man. My anger was like, cause we'd avoided it for so long. And so he got it and his brother got it. And then um, I got it because my vaccine had like, it had at that point been what, eight, nine months. Yeah. And so we all got it. Um, the boys were, just you know like pretty fine like a cold and whatever um i was i lost my sense of taste mm -hmm. and smell for a little while but like i didn't go to the hospital you know like and and i'm one of those people who when i get sick i get sick like everybody else will be like <clears throat> and i'm in bed for like two days <laughs> um and like it it knocked me on my butt for a couple days um and I also have asthma. So like when you when you put a breathing disease on top of a breathing virus, yeah. like a problem. Um, but yeah, like the three of us had it and, um, you know, none of us were real bad, but. Your husband has avoided it somehow? <laughs> he was at home. Okay. He was at home when that happened. So He's like he. bastard. <laughs> Yeah. So he, yeah, he has avoided it somehow. Um, but he also is one of those people that like, like I said, when I get sick and knocks me on my butt and he's the one that's like, <clears throat> okay, I'm fine. So yeah. like, 
he was at home when it happened. Um, and yeah, he somehow managed to avoid it. And even if he's, I mean, it's possible in the last two years he's had it and just kind of yeah. didn't affect him much or he's vaccinated. So it might, you know, but yeah. Didn't hit him the way it would have, could have. Right. And that's that's really the point. Um, it's not that like it, it's just try to do your part. Right. Um, yeah. And and Shannon, uh, you are you are doing more than your part. And I um, look, I am I am openly not a religious person, but God damn it, pardon the expression. Do yeah. I appreciate um, what you are doing? And I thank, thank you, you so because. Um, I know that the amount of comfort and relief um, you can bring to someone just by being in their presence and, and, and not being, not being judgy. And I mean, like, and I mean that because even when you're with your own family and relatives, there's elements of judgment going on all around the table. But if you're sure. just a neutral third party there, who's there to care, um, it means the world to people. So uh, Shannon at New Spangler, thank you so much for your time today and uh, and talking with me. I hope we'll do this again. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you so much. Happy to do it. Okay, let me hit end record. All right, we're going to do part two of this interview <laughs> because uh, I stopped recording and Shannon was like, look, I want to clarify something. Um, yeah. And uh, and I think, it's, I think it's worth saying. So um, Earlier in the interview, Shannon, you talked about like, you know, you ba you battle between anger and kind of sadness. Um, mm -hmm. And you wanted to clarify that you're not angry in the room. So let me have yeah. let's hear it. Okay. I just wanted to clarify that, like, because as I was talking, I was kind of sharing like my my honest opinions, which is how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to share that like that doesn't come into the rooms with me. And even patients, patients who are vaccinated, unvaccinated, families who are vaccinated, unvaccinated, they're the same for me. Like my, my role is to be present for people wherever they are at. And so when I go into those rooms, I'm not bringing that anger with me. I'm bringing the compassion of you are losing a loved one. And um, so like when I'm in there, I'm in there to support them wherever they're at, like where they come down and families will, you know, like throw themselves on me. And you, you said earlier, like, I don't know if you can touch them, but like they do. And I allow it because people like safe touch and like physical affection when you're going through something is so important to me and just being present for people. So I just wanted to clarify that piece, like that anger doesn't follow me into the room. And, and, and just, I didn't think um, that it, it, it came across that way. Okay. I, I, and like, look, you know, I don't think it came across that way, but I, heaven forbid it did um and someone reaches out to you and says well what the hell you can't be a chaplain and be angry at people it's like uh calm calm down calm yeah. down anonymous russian bot uh it's, <laughs> she's doing god's work here god damn it yeah. um and, yeah, and, and that's and that's what it is so um i I'm happy to allow you to kind of clarify that but uh Thanks again so i will i will reiterate you've been a joy thank you thank you thank you it it's the show for you eagle-eyed viewers and listeners uh i have a new pop filter in front of my mic it's supposed to make the p's and b's not hit so hard and if you're listening closely you may have just heard my cell phone go off totally unprofessional but i'm gonna leave it on i don't care we're at the end here barely anyone's listening at this point 
I want to thank Shannon Newspangler for uh, her honesty and being candid. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, she was a, a really, um, I don't want to say fun guest because we're talking about death for 20 minutes, but uh, she's a very nice person to talk to, and I look forward to talking to her again. I want to thank DeanBlundell.com, DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network. It's also a really good show you should be checking out on YouTube slash DeanTube, or wherever you get your fine podcasts, and probably where you get your crappy ones too. It's probably available there. And uh, that's it. Be well. Be safe. Hit subscribe. Share. Listen. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. I don't give a damn. Thanks for listening. Damn. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.